Welcome to the Scale with Tech and AI Growth Lab podcast. I'm your host, Jay Farr at Tech Fusion Systems. Our guest is Brian Freed. I pronounced that correctly, right? Yep. Cut and actually, out. sometimes okay. people spell my first name wrong and they spell it B-R-A-I-N. And then if you actually say it the way it's spelled, then I'm brain fried. Brian Freed. <laughs> brain fried, Brian Freed. Love it. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks for joining the podcast. Brian, you're an inventor, an invention consultant, and you're the founder of InventorSmart.com, the author of one or several books based surrounding the topic of inventing and licensing and all that great stuff. Do you want to kick us off, give us kind of an overview of kind of your your backstory, how you got into inventing, how you created Inventor Smart, and what Inventor Smart is all about. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me. So like you mentioned, I'm an inventor. I have 15 patents right now. I've licensed products to earn royalties from them. I manufacture products, whether they're local domestically here or overseas. And I've been doing the same thing, helping other inventors for 18 years now. I've authored three books. My latest one is How to Make Money with Your Invention Idea. Really simple, quick, no BS, just get right to it on inventing. I was on-air guest on QVC for about three years. I've been doing TV shows and radio shows. My latest one is Got Invention Show, which I interview inventors and how on their journey of their invention. And I've been running local inventors clubs, which then converted into the National Inventor Club, where I do live streaming every month. And I have some really great high profile guests on there and intros and give a chance for inventors to get the word out about their inventions on there and just keep building up all kinds of activities. And through Inventor Smart, I just recently launched Inventor Smart Community, which you can download on Google or Apple App Store. And it's uh, chat forums on different topics on there, resources, tools that are available for the inventor community and the everyday person who comes up with big ideas. So I just, you asked me how I started. It was, look, you don't realize it, Jay, but probably everybody <clears throat> at some point or another has come up with an invention. And I think I was grew up as somebody, a, a kid who was just always curious and wanted to know how things were made and done. And as I grew up and started to get involved with different experiences, I started to realize that there's things that annoy me <laughs> that I see people do. I notice and, those things too. <laughs> and sometimes you figure out a way to make them easier for yourself and for other people. And those are the people that kind of stop and figure out if they have something or not that they can commercialize. Yeah, that's interesting. Just by going through life and being observant of things that kind of jump out to you, you find opportunities to make things better. And that can turn into an idea, which can turn into an invention. And uh, I know you hear a lot of people say that I got this great idea for such and such, but I think that most of those people don't know what to do with that idea. And that's where you it's come true. In. A lot of times, Jay, people come up with an idea and they get this feeling in their stomach and their emotions. Oh my goodness. I just came up with this great idea. I'm going to be a gazillionaire. There's going to be so much that I can do with this and I can, it'll change my life. And what I need to do sometimes is put people into perspective of figuring out, is this something that you can call your own? Is this something that you're going to be able to make money with? And if it is, what you need to do first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and figure out what to do. And let's go back to where you are and then help you to get to where, where you want to go. But Every product and person is different. 
And that's the thing is you got to figure out and understand the person and the product. And over the years of doing this, I've gotten intuitive to see things of where they could be. And that's by listening to people be very successful, making big mistakes, and just being able to help people to make better decisions is what I do on a daily basis. Yeah, that's really interesting. So the easiest place for people or the easiest way for people to get more information about inventing and about how to turn their invention into something that can actually make money is, is joining your community, getting the app, right? Which is Inventor Smart Community. Is that the name of the app? Inventor Smart Community. Yep. It's a free trial to start with. And then there's a premium membership, $99 for the year or $9.99 for the month. Gotcha. And, so free trial. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it's just a great way to keep in touch with people, collaborate, network. We do different events a few months back with the National Inventor Club, which is included in the app as part of the membership and all that. We went to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office and we had a whole tour and a, a great experience. And I have some great events that are coming up that people can <clears throat> network now that we're back doing live activities again. Just mm -hmm. look, we all, at some point or another, Jay, you, you could be a doctor, lawyer, unemployed, senior citizen. At some point or another, you're coming up with an idea. And the question is, what do you do with it? And how do you do it? And that's my mission, is to be able to get out there and give people the right information so they can make better decisions and help them to get to where they want to go. Yeah, I hear uh, a lot of stories, uh, at least uh, in my lifetime, I've heard a lot of people say things, they would mention a really big product that came out and made it big. And I would hear a person say, I had an idea to build that so many years ago, but I didn't do anything about it. So nowadays you can get your app, it's a free trial, it's less than 10 bucks a month, and they can start that process. Now, what does someone do if they wanna contact you or someone on your team and really get serious about finding out if they really have a viable, is this a really good idea or is it just in my head? Can we make money with this? Or am I just full of baloney? What do people do at that point if they really wanna get serious about it and see if they have something worth pursuing? I do speak to people. They schedule time with me and I help them to figure out how I can help them. And a lot of times I'll go through the idea with them. And like I said earlier, Jay, sometimes I help them to figure out that they should stop and wait for their next idea. And that's okay too. I'm not just going to tell you everything's great and wonderful. I'm going to help you to realize it. And it's not just based on my opinion or how I feel. I'm going to show you the reasons why. I do these sessions with people. I sign a non-disclosure agreement. I meet you on video so I can see you face-to-face -face on there on Zoom or whatever. And I'm helping people all over the world to figure out what they should do with their ideas. So I like to do the sessions because I understand where they're coming from as an inventor and to help them through and navigate what they should do. And like I said, maybe what they shouldn't do. Yeah, you have the resources, you have the book, you have plenty of information. I have videos. You can go to inventingtips.com or you can go onto my YouTube channel, which is the Inventor Coach, and you can watch videos. I've done different presentations to be able to absorb and get as much information as you can from the basics. But at the end of the day, every product and person, like I said earlier, has a different journey. So I like to learn about the product, learn or the idea, learn about them, and then figure out what might be in their best interest to the mm -hmm. best that I can. And that's how I, that's how I work with people. And yeah. And then you have the app, the community and the national inventor club, and just, I, I do what I can to get the right information out to people. 
Yeah, and I just want everyone to know if you go to inventorsmart.com, your YouTube link, the links to your inventor show, all, links to everything are right on the website. So it's easy to access, easy to find, and obviously the app. So it's interesting that you say that because like, I know for me personally, I create a lot of things, a lot of software, a lot of apps, a lot of things like that, a lot of special solutions for problems that I run into in my industry. And some of my great ideas, they don't turn out to be so great. They seem great. And they just, for whatever reason, they don't end up being very good, or maybe they're not quite the right thing. Maybe they need some a major revisioning, or maybe there's a better opportunity to wait for rather than to put a lot of effort into that. So it's interesting that you say that you have consultations with people just to shoot it to them straight and be like, look, it's, it's a great idea, but here's some problems with it. Maybe you should keep thinking, keep inventing, come up with a, another idea that might work a lot better as far as an invention you can actually monetize. Definitely. And look, once you start that, I have an idea, I'm going to work on it. Maybe I hit the brick wall and I'll wait for my next one. But look, like you just said, you keep coming up with new ideas all the time. So if it's not that one, it's the next one. But the most important thing, I think, Jay, is to get into the groove of being aware and capturing that idea. Because a lot of people, like you said, hey, I saw that. I would have, could have, should have, and (laughs) this and that and all that. But if you have that and you're stopping in your tracks and you have a plan of when you do come up with an idea, going through the steps and figuring out the path, especially in the beginning. You know what, Jay? There's so many people that I talk to that they start their idea and they skip to step six or seven. And they're putting their time, money, energy, effort into it. And they didn't go back to even the simple part. You're talking about apps, but let's say if it's a product, it might not necessarily be in the market today, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily patentable. And that's what you want to do is at least do a patent search with a patentability opinion so they can compare what you have to what already exists and see if it's something that you can call your own. Because wouldn't it suck if you were all the way here, you spent that money and your time and all that, and you're working on somebody else's intellectual property, either you're infringing on it or it's not patentable. And if you make it and start selling it and it's doing well, maybe I could do the same thing. I have every right to if you're not patented, if you're not protected. So that's what I like to do is put people in the position. If you have a chance to get intellectual property protection, then in my opinion, it's good to. This way you can put people on notice that you have the rights to it. And then it gives you some more options. So sometimes, Jay, people will decide to manufacture their product and start their own business and maybe build a brand out of it. And other people might be either too busy on a shoestring budget, but maybe they have some intellectual property like a patent or patent pending, and they might want to license it to earn royalties. And that means taking your idea and bringing it to a company that's in the market of what they are inventing. And you ask them if they'd be interested in manufacturing and distributing and you earning a royalty from it. So I go through that and help people to figure out that direction. And sometimes I act as a licensing agent where I can secure a deal and speak to companies on their behalf. But right. it's got to make sense. It's got to be an A product. It's got to be a, a, enough to do good volume. Otherwise, it's not going to be worth it for them or for you. So that's right. why sometimes it works out. And sometimes some people don't realize that it's not that complicated to manufacture. I guess when you're doing things over and over again, things become easier. But once you understand that things might not cost the perception or perspective of what things might cost might be a little different than what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten a chance to put a lot of people into business for themselves.
manufacturing their product. So sometimes it does make sense for someone to manufacture their own invention. Sometimes it makes sense to offshore it somehow. Sometimes it makes sense to license it to another company. And what kind of a role do you take part in? If someone comes to you with an invention, obviously you could consult with them and help them decide and understand what that market looks like because you've been doing this for so long. You're well-connected in the inventor licensing space, the patent space, obviously. What kind of resources do you have to take someone from, I got this great idea to connecting them with the right people? Once I learn about you, your invention, figure out if it makes sense to go to the next steps, then I have different resources to put you through at this point. Once I understand it, I, I kind of place people with people and, and be able to help them. So you might need an industrial designer rather than a industrial engineer or an electrical engineer. You might need a patent attorney or a patent agent, which a patent attorney went to law school and they can litigate, they can represent you in court. Do you need somebody like that? Or do you might be maybe a little bit more limited on funds and you might wanna hire a patent agent, which most of the time patent attorneys hire, and that's a little less expensive. They can communicate to the patent office on your behalf and it could be a little bit less. So that's what I do is I learn about you and some people, money's no obstacle for them and others are on a shoestring budget and kind of place people and how things should go. And I always look at people, no matter if they do have tons of funds or they're limited, I always try to do things on a shoestring budget. Why not? I'd rather you spend the money on something else like your family or invest in yourself or whatever, save. Yeah, I always treat people like it's my, and their ideas, it's my own invention. And I put them through to navigate what it looks like. And I share my screen and I go through things with you to understand what you're in for. And, <laughs> and I've gotten you... a chance to to do it with a bunch of my products and right. I get I to watch other to people. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. So you started out with your, did you start out with your own inventions before you were in the consulting space for other inventors? I had invented several products and I've had some levels of success with them. And once I guess you start to get into that zone, people go, hey, if you did it for yourself, how can you help me? And I started to do that quite a bit and realized my wife's, it's almost 12 o'clock at night, but it's you. And I'm like, I think there's enough people here to really make this into a business where I'm helping people. And I don't really look at it that way. I That's the last thing I do is look at what I charge and what that kind of thing. For me, it's, I want to see you get to market or I want to see you wait for your next idea. And if right. it's the last time that I have a phone call with you and that one particularly hit a brick wall, I'm okay with it. I'd rather that you yeah. keep the money and time and effort and energy, like I said earlier, to something else that's more productive and more makes sense for you. Yeah, I think that's such a good philosophy that you have. And I totally agree. I would rather just always be completely transparent with a potential client and not make any money because there's so much money to be made anyway. There's no reason to be disingenuous with people. And I really believe that. And I also believe that if that's what you put out into the universe. It, it always comes back to you. That's really, I think that's a great thing because I've heard some stories about not your brand, obviously, but some other inventor help services taking anything and everything and just everybody who calls and submits their ideas tell them, oh, this is great. We're going to help get you a patent and just sell them whatever kind of package service they have canned together. Have you heard of things like that in your industry? Do you think that's prevalent anymore? I think that's in any industry, Jay. 
look, I, I don't know if you're a homeowner or not, but look, if you want to do construction in your house, somebody comes over and tells you how amazing your house is going to look with, when they're done with it, you get emotional, right? There's an emotional feeling. And how many times do you want to go over that with somebody else when they just told you how great and wonderful it is? So for me, I think whether it's for myself or anybody that's doing anything, it's always good to get references, get referrals and ask and do your research and do your due diligence. Just because you tell somebody your idea doesn't mean that you're obligated or committed to them. And that's the same thing in anything that you do. But sometimes our emotions take over and we make decisions from our emotions rather than from the business side of things. And that's where I think people get caught. But look, if people yeah. are in business, they're entitled to be in business. They can do business the way that they want. It's up to you to make that decision and your due diligence and research. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. You have a testimonial here from, who is it, Kevin O'Leary? On your <laughs> well, website, no, Mr. I, Wonderful? There's a lot of people that I've gotten to, to know and to learn and have been watching some of the things that I've been doing. And I appreciate all the people that have said nice things. And look, I just, over time, when you're doing what you do, you become an expert in your industry. And I've gotten a chance to meet people and help people and keep inventing and working on their inventions and just like being able to share in people's experiences and successes. So it's been fun. And yeah. I have some other amazing things that uh, I'm working on with some people. And I can't wait for as this continues to grow. I, I just launched this Inventor Smart community and I have hundreds of people in there already. National Inventor Club. I live stream every month and I have thousands of people that watch and, and I'm just excited. I keep inventing new things like the app to me. People are like, hey, Brian, what's your latest invention? I'm like, I have this one <laughs> yeah. product here, but I guess my app is my latest invention. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. I love that you're doing this because think of all the inventions that have made the world a better place. And you're empowering other people at large who have ideas and who have potential inventions who, who are going to do even more of that. That's really cool. And you got a well-networked list of people that you've, it looks like you bump elbows with here. So you, <laughs> how long have you been in the inventor space? I think I've been inventing for over 20 years now. So yeah. I've really been able to get the message out to people and I want to continue to get the message out. That's why I appreciate you having me on your show here. And just this past weekend, I was at Alibaba.com. They had a co-create event the first time that they did something like this. And I got a chance to be a uh, guest speaker on inventing. When you do come up with an invention to be able to use their platform, which I've used and helped a lot of people to use to find a manufacturer overseas and compare the opportunity there versus domestically. So mm. just keep doing the as much as I can to get the right information out to people. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So what was your first invention? I guess well, two questions. What was yeah. your first invention? And if it didn't go anywhere, then what was your first invention that, that went somewhere? I, I had a lot of inventions that kind of went excited and went in a bit of a roller coaster ride. I had one invention that I don't have... It's too far away on the other side of the room. But I came up with this idea called the Baluna Band. I had my daughter, Alana, and we go to a, a show and we watch Elmo on ice or whatever it was, Sesame Street. And, and we'd buy these $10 Mylar balloons. I, I'm sure people have bought that. You might have had one, Jay. I don't know which Big Bird or Cookie Monster or what, but you buy these Mylar balloons, your parent 
ties it around your wrist. And during the intermission, they tell you to put it underneath or it just it's on and it slips off and it flies up to the top of Madison Square Garden. So I came up with a nylon wristband that had a metal D-ring that was sewed in. And when you take the balloon, you take the ribbon and you tie it around the metal D-ring and now you can have fun and it doesn't fall off. And then it also, when you let go, it's also a weight. You could put it on the stroller, put it on your belt buckle, wherever you want. So the kids are happy and in the amusement parks and all that. So it did okay. It wasn't spectacular, but one of my inventions. And as I keep going through these things, I realize that there's inventions that have a bigger window of opportunity. And my dad was a big advocate of my balloon band. He's, I take the train every day. The conductor asked me for my ticket. So I'm proud of my son's balloon band and I'll put it on. <laughs> Here you go, Mr. Conductor. Here's oh, my ticket it. hanging. Yeah. And that's, then, a, so, that's a cool invention. That is, there was definitely a need for it. Definitely a need for it. But if you're not somebody who uses balloons, maybe you want to use it for your train ticket. As I evolved into my inventions, a lot of inventions that I came up with did not get patented, but the ones that did I've had some levels of success. Let me just give you an example, Jay. This is one that's called pull ties. When you have bread and you have that twist tab, the twist tie on there or the plastic tab, that annoyed me. Every time you took it off, you couldn't put it back on. So I'm like, I need some kind of replacement. I know there's chip clips out there and stuff, but I need something for my bread. And then I was like, let me think about that. Then as I was thinking about it, my cereal... Boxes were left open with the bag inside. In the pantry, there's bags open. In the freezer, there's freezer bags that get freezer burned. So I'm like, need something. I know these chip clips and all that, but there's not really much out there. These twist ties, they're poking me. I don't know which way to turn them. The tabs, most of the time they broke off. So I came up with this product called Pull Ties. And if you take a look at it, originally I came up with it from a drawer lock that I had for my daughter that I was going to put on a drawer, this part. And then this was on my sweatpants that I was wearing with the string. So I put them together, I drew it, and then I had an industrial designer make me uh, a CAD file. And then I made a a 3D print out of it. And there came pull pull ties. So what it is, you take any plastic bag, cereal bag, freezer bag, and you put it through the loop and you push the button, you pull it up and it seals it tight. Perfect. The point I was going to make is, yeah, that balloon band was interesting, but this, it's used for bread. And I would go on QVC, bread, cereal, freezer, pantry, boom. How many people have a kitchen? Winner. So that's why I, I sold quite a bit of these. And then this is one of my latest ones, Jay. A lot of people have paper towel rolls on a stand. Usually when your hands are wet or dirty, right? You, your hands are wet or dirty. You're going to put your hand on the top to pull the sheet off. And during COVID, it was so hard to get paper towel rolls. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I was cherishing everything that I had at that time. Cause it was like, I didn't feel like going to Costco every second to try to like hustle towel <laughs> rolls or yeah. toilet paper. So I started to ask my friends and family to take pictures of the top of their paper towel roll. And it was disgusting. I saw tomato sauce, dirt, wet hands that were dried up, shriveled up the top of the paper towel roll. And I just came up with this product, simple. It's called the paper towel topper. You put it into any paper towel roll, the inner tube. And now when your hands are wet or dirty, you put it up up on top, you pull the sheet off and it stays clean and dry. 
Yeah, that's and, awesome. I've never seen one. And you'd have to buy two then, right? Because you got to put one in the dishwasher. You don't have to. You could just wipe it off after you clean your hands off. I see a lot of people just wiping it off. But if it stays dirty, then wait till the roll is done or there and just go to the next one. But at least you could see like this one I just took from upstairs. And yeah, if I didn't have this on, all this schmutz, <laughs> you know what that means, would be on top of the paper towel roll. Yeah, so that's awesome. That thing is selling pretty well on my personal website and my Amazon and just all fun stuff. I've had products as simple as a snack container that I thought would be cool because I didn't like people scooping their hands in potato chips and different snacks and all that. So I came up with something that replicated a scoop and then you could eat from it. And then I thought it would look cool to have a face on it. And then I licensed it. So I had Elmo, Cookie Monster, all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The way that licensing deal would work is that every time one of these would sell, my manufacturer would have to pay me for my design and pay Sesame Street or Nickelodeon a royalty every time one of them sold. So that's right. brand property licensing. I had product licensing mine, but they had the brand that they had to pay for every right. time somebody bought Elmo or Cookie Monster. So that's yeah, awesome. Mate. So those Thank are two you. good examples of, I guess, going to market, right? Like some of your inventions you were selling on Amazon, plus you have your own online store. So that's one avenue. And then you licensed that one to another company. How do you basically go those two avenues? Like what's the basic process for someone? Like if you're going to go all... one of those, like each of those scenarios, if someone wanted to sell their own thing, like how do you get it out there? Do your online store, put on Amazon, like how do you get it out there? Yeah. These days it's easy to manufacture and, and be able to put a store up on Amazon, Walmart.com, Etsy, eBay. Maybe you find some knit, knit stores that are relative to or related to your industry that you came up with. But yeah, for me, it's timing and time that I have and just opportunity. I could try to license an invention. And if nobody really is interested in it, whether it's timing, they have enough in their pipeline already. Maybe they yeah. are going bankrupt and I don't know it. Maybe they don't think that they're going to sell enough and that's okay. So I can try to license an invention first. If it doesn't work out that way, I would consider manufacturing it myself like I did with my paper towel topper. Mm. So it's, again, it's the person, the time, the money, commitment. Those are the type of things that I help to make decisions for with people, right. but also for myself. I have some other fun stuff. And look, I have this product that's called, maybe I won't, <laughs> I'll start off with what it is. So I had no room left in my fridge one night for my leftovers. And I opened up the fridge and there was the carton of eggs and it had one egg left in it. And I'm like, ridiculous, <laughs> all this space for one egg. And I know some people have that thing on the side. Egg, I don't think uh, they have those anymore. I never yeah, see but them most anymore. Of the most of the people don't. So what I did was I came up with this collapsible egg tray. Oh, wow. So you put your <laughs> eggs in and as you take them out, you push it back, you push it back, you push it back until there's that much space. Okay, left. I need one of those. Where do I get that at? <laughs> it's <laughs> called Extra Space. It's a collapsible Extra egg tray. Space. But that's the thing, Jay. And the point I was going to make, it's on Amazon. The thing that I was going to make is the point is that, look, not everybody <laughs> knows about this. So mm. when you're coming up with an invention, you could throw it up on Amazon. That's great. But how are people going to know that there's a paper towel right. topper or collapsible egg tray? So you have to find like relevant products or similar products that people can come up. You have to advertise. Mm. So do you have enough margin in there to be able to advertise 
the cost of your advertising to still make a profit. Right. I know a lot of people that love and are so happy with their sales, but they're spending more money on advertising than what they're bringing in. Yeah. That feels great, but that's not going to do anything. So you have to find that sweet spot and balance mm -hmm. of what you're doing. Yeah, we deal with that a lot. And small margins is a lot of risk because if the market turns and then you're in trouble, yeah, it's not the best way to go. So yeah, you have to be careful about that for sure. Yeah. But you yeah. know what else also, Jay, a lot of people that I talk to, they, again, the people at all different stages, they tell me, yeah, this product cost me $5 to make and I'm going to sell it for $7. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me you're putting five bucks in to make two. And what about the operations, paying yourself, advertising, all that? Mm -hmm. You got to be. And so how long you think that business is going to last? So sometimes you just have to figure out is what people are going to pay the same amount as what it's going to cost you for manufacturing. And you know I mean, I that's pretty easy math, but it's something that most people don't understand. Even a lot of business owners I talk to don't understand their, their numbers very well and their KPIs and their, their margins and that sort of thing. And so if someone has an idea for an invention and they want to check with someone like you, that math all too well and what the ratios should be in order to make it profitable and to be successful. So that would be another really great service to get from you just to get those questions answered so you're not flying blind. Thank you, Jay. Again, every product and person has a different journey and just way of figuring out what they should do and what they shouldn't do. Yeah, it's, it's important to figure out, is it something you want to manufacture? Is it something you want to license to earn royalties? Do you want to build a business? Do you have the time? Do you have the money? Is this going to sell enough? How many of mm -hmm. the same things are already out there that, are, that you're going to be competing against? Right. Is there a bigger window of opportunity? for you to figure out. Sometimes people come to me with an idea and they have this whole thing that they came up with and it's just a simple addition to something. So instead of doing this whole thing with the addition, why don't you just take the addition so I don't have to buy the whole thing, mm -hmm. right? So now you can take that and you can put it on anything that somebody has already rather than this whole thing. So I think it's just anybody I think, else. I think that just, takes a lot of the confusion right? out of it too. If I'm at that place and I have an invention and I think it's something that could really go somewhere, talking to someone like you with the experience can explain to me like, here's you know the different avenues that you could potentially go. Here's the things to watch out for. Here's the pros and cons between going and marketing and selling yourself, manufacturing yourself, offshoring it, selling the licensing, the different costs and timelines involved in, in each of those different options. So definitely. Yeah, definitely see the value in that. What, uh, here, here's a good question, but I, it's funny because I can answer part of it. What major um, you know, trends or changes do you see coming in the invention industry? Inventions coming, going to market, do you see an upward shooting trend of, of more inventions and more creativity and more products coming out? Obviously, you're a big part of that, so you must see that because that's basically what you're doing is you're getting the word out there to people that have ideas that this could be an invention. Here's the information you need to understand to maximize your chances of success. Obviously, you have your services and connecting people and educating them. But in general, what do you think about the, the marketplace of inventors and them coming to market with more innovative, creative products? Any okay. major trends? Yeah, it's interesting because I could speak to doctors that have certain products and people that are thinking about ways to either have a side hustle and maybe that side hustle turns into their full-time job or they're just looking to be creative and come up with something interesting and everybody has different reasons for inventing, Jay. 
maybe you want to have a patent, something like this up on your wall that you could be proud of. Maybe you're inventing things for people to use for the same reason that you came up with it. But I think that everything out there has a chance to be improved. And that's why we see so many new things that are coming out, but also the way that people can communicate and get the message out, whether it's social media, making things easier with AI, which I'm pretty active with, and just alternative ways. Look, when I first started 3D printers, it was so hard to find one to be mm. able to make a prototype. Now you can have a 3D printer like it's a like an inkjet printer in your house. Right. Look, I, I'm going to be 50 in a couple of weeks. And I was just talking to somebody the other day about it's unbelievable. We went from rotary phones to pagers to flip phones to where we are today. And mm. I've gotten a chance to interview Marty Cooper, who's the inventor of the cell phone. And he's not very happy with the way smartphones have these. I just wanted people to be in communication, not to lose people in the world of their smartphone, because now people don't talk to each other anymore. That's So it's really in our lifetime to see all the evolution of communication and invention has been really... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like we're little kids on a playground now with all this tech if I have this crazy idea, it doesn't matter if I want to make a piece of software. There's all these amazing dev platforms I can use now to, to speed up that process. If I want to 3D print something, I don't even know, have to know how to 3D print. I can just send it out to a 3D I'll printer print, and be yep. like, hey, print me one of these and, mail, and ship it to me. Yep. And then I can see if it is good or not. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, there's it's plenty amazing. of services. Yeah. The Shapeways, like you could get somebody from Fiverr or Upwork to be able to do a 3D CAD file. And then you can upload it right to a company like Shapeways in a couple of days, it's in your mailbox. Yeah, it's definitely wild. It's changing so fast, like I can't even keep up with it. And it's interesting you mentioned AI and, and you'd like to stay kind of aware of the updates and the changes there, which is pretty exciting too. Of course, that's gonna affect everything, including in inventing. And what do you think AI is gonna do in the inventor space? We're gonna find out. I know there's big debate, but Look, if you're having AI invent something on your behalf, who's the inventor? Mm. Who's the original inventor? I'm not going to go there right now because it's a <laughs> political battle, but I'm curious to see how it plays out. And I, as much as I could be a part of it, I, I'd love to. But look, there's enough out there for you to invent. And when the time is right and it makes sense, something will come out of your invention from your brain. I guess I'm old school at this point in inventing. So I like to see people use their creativity to come up with an idea, but it doesn't hurt to have the support and help to make it easier for you. That's for sure. And that's what I do is provide as much information as I can so it can make your life easier. So I can almost look at all the stuff that I've done as AI for you because it's just really research, right? To be able to help you to navigate through what you need to do. The difference is you're a person who I know <laughs> has the experience of doing it for 20 plus years. And I trust what you tell me. If I ask a piece of AI, I don't trust what it tells me most of the time. It's a good that start, mean right? It's not, it doesn't mean it's not useful. It doesn't mean that it won't, doesn't have the, the power to make things better and easier for us. But yeah, there, there's that factor there. If I have an invention, I want to talk to someone like you. I don't want to <laughs> go on chat GPT and ask a bot because you can't really vet what it's telling you. Yeah, it's funny. I use ChatGPT sometimes and it's I'm politely thanking it and 
being polite and using the word please and I'm like, who am I talking to? <laughs> it's a, it, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it kind of makes me a little nervous. It is helpful. It is helpful. Okay. So we'll see what happens as the world turns. Yeah, interesting thoughts. Here's a question for people out there that are very creative and they're coming up with ideas. They have ideas for inventions. What advice would you give them that you didn't know when you started? Do your research. I started off by talking about doing a patent search. I think it's really important to, first off, Think about the idea for other people, not just selfishly for yourself. Is this enough of a difference for people to really be interested in it? Is it going to serve a purpose? Is it something, like I said, that you're going to be able to commercialize and have some sort of intellectual property? For me, I like that. I like having that protection. So I think people just need to start off with being real with their idea and searching with your eyes open whether it's online and putting in descriptive search terms and clicking on images of the search to visually look and see if the thing that you're thinking about is out there because a yeah. lot of people just run away from it. And look, mm -hmm. we talked about the emotional side and the business side. Yeah, it's emotional and exciting, but is it yours? So right. that's how I started off, just running a thousand miles, at a, just going all the way and then going, wait a second, I just invented somebody else's invention right right and yeah. i go back and then just start and just okay if i continued then i'm going to be infringing or is it already over 20 years old because it's a patent that expires right a utility patent expires after 20 years a design patent is ornamental and that expires in 15 years from the time mm -hmm. that you filed so now you have to figure out if you're going to make it and it's expired then somebody else can make it too so right. are you going to build a brand, maybe a trademark you have uh, with it that's going to really get the word out that you're the one, but there mm -hmm. could be other ones that come out. Like you've seen the Snuggie. The Snuggie yeah. was a blanket with sleeves that somebody invented many years ago. A marketing company said, I think it would be really cool to have a blanket with sleeves and let's call it the Snuggie. It's such a yeah, cute name. I, f I forget the kid's name and I call him a kid because he was a serial entrepreneur at the time. He was just kept failing and kept trying and... I forget his name. He's all over YouTube, but he Thomas was, Edison. Uh, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not Thomas. Okay. <laughs> no, that I sounds his like name, him. But I think he's generated about $500 million from the Snuggie from his online store. Well, and, uh, look, after the <laughs> Snuggie, there's the Slanket and a million other versions because it's something that is a generic product that people can put a good name on and, and market. Right. So look, that's the thing is do your research, do your due diligence, be real get some advice, follow your business sense rather than your emotional sense. And I think you'll be on your way to commercializing the invention, whether it's licensing to earn royalties or manufacture, or just realizing that you stop and wait for your next idea. If you're in that mindset, if you're in that zone, if it's not this one, you'll find the next one. Yeah. I love that advice too. If this one isn't the one, that's okay. Keep thinking, keep dreaming, keep noticing things as, as you go throughout your life. There's opportunities everywhere. And um, if the product already exists, which happens to me sometimes, or maybe it doesn't exist, but there's something similar that's still satisfying that need in the marketplace. And I'm like, ah, oh, they did it a different way. That need's already satisfied pretty much. So I don't want to really want to compete with that. So I'll yep. wait for my next idea. Yeah, I love Just that. Just be real. Just be I, real. I love that. And so the best thing to do 
go to inventorsmart.com. Check you out on your YouTube channel. Check out the Inventor Show, which is, there's a link right on your website, inventorsmart.com. Get the app, which is also on your website, Inventor Smart Community, both on Apple and Android. My personal website, I, I'm proud of. I keep updated in my what's new section. So you see the different activities that I've been involved with as recent as the Alibaba.com trade show or the co-create event. Is that on so, your YouTube? I'd like to see that. I'd like to watch I think that. so. If you go to brianfried.com, again, B-R-I-A-N-F-R-I-E-D.com, and you can find the links to my websites and the YouTube channels and different events that I've been a part of. Awesome. So, Brian Freed, Inventor Smart. Brian, thanks so much for being here. It was great having you on the show. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. And thank you to all the listeners and the viewers that are watching and just keep the ideas flowing, work on the ones that make sense. And hopefully you will keep your dreams coming true with what you have and make some money with it. That's the, that's the way that we do things. Fantastic. Thanks again, Brian. Thank you.